Good morning. It is uh, a privilege to be here, and uh, I want to start this morning by expressing my gratitude and uh, to the church, uh, to the pastors for uh, the love, the love they have uh, shown me, the kindness, and a lot of the church members. Uh, God has been uh, uh, really good to me, to my family and ministry, allowing us to come all the way uh, from Peru. Uh, flew on a Wednesday. Well, started traveling on Tuesday night. And I uh, got here on Wednesday afternoon, and um, I thank God for everything that he's allowed us to do uh, while I've been here. And uh, thank you for watching the video. I know it was a, a long video. We did that video uh, uh, for the church, uh, for you guys. And uh, I thank God for um, allowing us to do that. It just gives you a summary of the Lord is doing uh, through us in the city of Lima. Uh, my name is Giorgio Romani. Uh, those that were in Sunday school, um, I already introduced a little bit of myself and my family. Um, my wife and I, we are missionaries serving in Lima, Peru. Uh, we've been there for the last eight years, and uh, we thank God for every ministry opportunity He's given us. We work uh, church planning, uh, the local church, Iglesia Bautista de Fe, like you saw in the video. Uh, it's a church that is established in the district of Surco. It's one of the main districts of Lima, uh, middle, upper class area. And in that church, from that church, the Lord has allowed us to establish two other churches. Uh, we have not, the church has, God has through the church. And uh, and we thank him for what he's done. Uh, since 2018, when I came back to Peru after furlough, uh, we uh, changed a little bit in our in our philosophy as we understood what the Bible was telling us about missions. And we decided to uh, focus on the church being missions-minded. I think I mentioned this on the video, but for, uh, for four years or so, we were supporting two missionaries. And a lot of times churches in South America, uh, third world countries, we think that we cannot do um, mission efforts, that we cannot do, uh, we cannot be sending people to the mission field, that we're supposed to have the help coming to us. Uh, but I believe that is not the case because we serve the same, the same God. And uh, so we, I was teaching that to the people. And uh, by God's grace, during the, during the time of the pandemic, during the time of the lockdown, we were in lockdown for a year and a half. We couldn't meet in person. Uh, we didn't have a church building to meet, and we couldn't go outside uh, to meet at a public park or anything like that. And uh, during that time, we started um, Faith Promise. I think you call it Grace Given. And uh, the church supported uh, nine missionaries that year. The following year, we got to 14 missionaries. We're supporting 14 missionaries right now, uh, seven of them in Peru, uh, and um, eight of them in Peru, sorry, and six of them uh, overseas. And we thank God for what he's doing. Next year, we have a couple from our church that are going to start deputation uh, to go as missionaries to Mozambique. And, uh, and we thank God for what he is doing in our local church. Uh, it, is, uh, it is such a blessing to see what he is doing in, in the church family. Uh, my prayer request uh, for, for you guys is to please pray for wisdom for the leadership of the church. Uh, we need to uh, make some decisions as far as like where we where we meeting right now. We have that small building. Some of you have been there. Uh, we fit about 160 people in that little space. And the church has, uh, it's growing. Uh, we don't have space for everybody now. And um, especially for our ministries. Awana, like you saw in the video, the kids have to meet in the park. Yesterday, my wife called me saying that the police came and they wanted to kick them out from the public park. And that now there is new regulations and things like that. I, I don't honestly think that's the case. I think they were just trying to get us out of the park. Uh, but we have opposition quite often. And um, our youth, they don't have a place where they can meet and, and play games outside. 
uh, or interact like that. They meet at small locations. They play games just like table games, things like that. And, uh, and they meet there. They are faithful. The same thing for our ladies' ministry, uh, the men's group. Uh, we don't have a location. So we believe that we, we need to move. We need to do something. Uh, and what I'm asking you, this is, this is really weighing in my heart a lot. It's uh, pray for wisdom for us. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not asking uh, for a financial support. Uh, I'm asking you to pray for wisdom. We need to know where, where God wants us to go and what he wants us to do. Uh, the church, uh, as any church in the world, has its needs. Uh, there is um, a couple of things that the church needs as ministry. Uh, if you're interested in knowing about them, uh, feel free to ask me afterwards. I'll be glad to share that with you. Uh, I don't want, um, when I pastored in Florida for a few years, I, I didn't, it's not wrong, but I didn't like it when missionaries just came and shared needs, 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 and problems. Uh, it, God is good. God is great. Uh, and I have a lot more blessings to share with you than needs. And uh, so if you want to hear more stories and more uh, things that God has done through us and that he's doing there in Peru, I'll be glad to share those with you too. Well, um, we have about 30 minutes to focus on God's word. And I don't want to take more time uh, to talk about our family and ministry, but let's talk about his word. I will ask you to please open your Bibles in the book of Romans. Romans chapter 13. Romans chapter 13. I spoke from the book of Romans Friday night with R.U., and uh, I told them it's one of my favorite books of the Bible. I think you're not supposed to have favorites, but this is my favorite, okay? Uh, I, I, I just love the book of Romans. I love teaching the book of Romans. In uh, Romans chapter 13, and uh, this morning I would like to share with you um, a message that I have entitled, uh, Getting Ready, Getting Ready to Love Like God Wants Us to Love. Getting Ready to Love Like God Wants Us to Love. Romans chapter 13, verse 8, the Bible says, Owe no man anything but to love one another, for he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. For this, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet. And if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in the saying, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Let's pray. God, I want to ask you that you please help me this morning to communicate your word with clarity, with faithfulness to your word, faithfulness to you. Uh, please, God, give me clarity of mind, clarity of word, uh, work in the hearts of the people, Lord, that your word uh, will produce fruit in their hearts. I need your help. We all need your help. Please help us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You know, as we read these verses from uh, verse 8, number uh, 9, and 10, uh, it talks about love. It is very interesting that he's talking about love just after having talked about submitting to authorities. Uh, it, it, sometimes we get so caught up, uh, especially in America, I constantly talk to people in the States, we get so caught up with defending our rights that we forget about doing what's right. Uh, and uh, I, I, I'm not telling you, forget about your rights. What I'm trying to tell you is, hey, don't forget about doing what's right. Uh, that is more important than our rights in this world. And, um, and when we look at verse 8, 9, and 10, the scripture is telling us that love, it's, it's something that is very important to God and, and that God expects us to love. As, as I think about that, you know, you look through a scripture and constantly, constantly God is telling people to love. Uh, he, he will say you need to love, love your neighbor. You look at the commandments in the Old Testament, the Ten Commandments, the first four, 
talk about our relationship with God. That last, uh, that the next six commandments talk about our relationship with man. Uh, and then Jesus will summarize the commandments, love God and love your neighbor. And when we get to this text, you see that love, it's something that we need to owe people. Verse number eight, it says, owe no man anything but to love one another. Uh, because of God's love in us, we as believers, we, we owe love to the world, to the lost. We are supposed to love them. In loving them, the Bible says that we fulfill the law. In loving them, we fulfill the commandments. In loving them, we're portraying Christ. But love, the concept of love, is something that has been changed a lot by culture and society. And nowadays, people want us to think that love is just tolerating somebody's sin. And that is not love, according to Scripture. Loving the lost will be talking to them about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And sometimes we think in Christianity, and nowadays, especially young people being bombarded with thoughts of, hey, you want to love your friend, you need to tolerate his sin, and don't tell him anything. Don't tell him that he's in sin. Don't tell him that he's doing wrong, because we don't do that. That's wrong. And that, no. You look at a scripture, loving your neighbor means sharing the gospel with them. And part of sharing the gospel with them is telling them that they are sinners. I don't know, you're going to go and shout in their face and be like, hey, you're a sinful person. No, don't do that, okay? But you're going to go and tell them, hey, you're a sinner. And you have to tell them that because you need to love them. You know, like if somebody is, is walking, I don't know, if you go on a hike, and somebody's walking, or somebody's walking here, and he's, and he's walking, and uh, he's talking, and he's distracted, and he's about to fall off the cliff, or fall off the platform, uh, you, will, you will shout, hey, be careful! Be careful! You're going to fall! Pay attention! The world is trying to tell you that when you see people that are walking towards condemnation, eternal damnation, you're supposed to just be quiet, don't say anything, and just... I guess I'll pray for them. God, please, don't let them fall. Is that what you're going to do for somebody that is walking towards a cliff? If somebody is, gonna, is walking and it's about to fall off a cliff, you're just going to be like, hey, I'll, I'll just pray for them. You're next to them. I'll just pray for them. No, you won't do that. You're going to be saying, hey, be careful. But I fear that many churches and many believers in the States are not shouting anymore the gospel of Jesus Christ to the lost. We're not sharing with them the need uh, the solution to their problem. We're not sharing with them the good news of the gospel. And we're, get, we're getting so caught up with the world. We're getting so distracted. Like I was sharing in Sunday school. And we're getting uh, bombarded by culture and society that is telling us that we can't be sharing the gospel. You need to share the good news because people are dying and going to hell. But above all, because as we say in Sunday school, you need to do it because that's what brings glory to God. In verse number 8 and 9, 9 and 10, it talks us about love. But getting ready to love like God wants us to love, it is something that we need to do every day. And it's just like what you do every morning when you get up to go to work. There's a few steps that we need to take to love like God wants us to love. And this morning, about 25 minutes left, we're going to look at six, six steps. Okay, six steps to get ready, to get getting ready to love like God wants us to love. Number one. Look at verse number 11. It says, In that, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. What the text is saying is Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is coming soon. Do you believe that? 
Jesus is coming soon. If you believe that, if you believe that Jesus is coming soon, you need to be ready, be ready to share the gospel with others. Now, some of you might be thinking this morning, hey, I'm not ready to share the gospel with other people. Yes, you are. If you are saved by the blood of Christ, you are ready to share the good news of the gospel with others. A lot of times we limit ourselves because we think we can't. And you're right, we can't, but God can through us. You just have to be faithful to Him and let Him work through you. You know, when we see the things that God has allowed us to do in the mission field, and, and, and traveling 15, 20 times a, a year to um, remote areas in the jungle, in the mountains, in the Andes of Peru, to meet with 15, 20 pastors that had no theological education, and to be able to train them, I had no idea that God was going to allow me to do that eight years ago. But it is not because of me, it's because of Him. It's what He is doing through us. And just letting Him work through us, you're going to be amazed at the greatness of our Savior. In the Bible, when we look at verse number 11, the first step that we need to uh, take to get ready to love like God wants us to love, is you need to believe that Jesus is coming soon. You need to believe there is something we have to do. I don't know if it happens to you. It happens to me. Sometimes when I, there's something important that I got to do the next day, or sometimes I need to wake up early morning, and um, let's say, I don't know, 4 a.m., 4.30 a.m., and you set the alarm, but the thought, has the thought crossed your mind, what if I don't wake up? I can't miss the alarm. So you set two alarms, three alarms. What I do is I set two alarms, and I tell my wife, please wake me up, because I'm going to miss them both, probably. Uh, but you know you have something to do. You know you got to be somewhere. And sometimes you even can't sleep because you're so like stressed out. You don't want to miss the meeting or you don't want to miss your flight or whatever you're doing next morning. You have to really believe that Jesus is coming soon. You need to know there is something we have to do. There has to be urgency in us. But I believe that not just churches in the States, churches all over the world, we're losing the sense of urgency. So we're not sharing the gospel with others. I imagine many of you this Sunday, I'm probably going to go after the meeting to a restaurant. How many of you are going to be bringing a track to share with the waitress or whoever is waiting the table there? But we don't do it anymore sometimes because we have lost the sense of urgency because we don't believe that Jesus is coming soon. You have to believe because the Bible says that Jesus is coming soon. Number one, believe that Jesus is coming soon. Number two, the Bible says in verse 11, and now it is high time to awake out of a sleep. Now, the, the word that is used there for awake out of a sleep is the word, as some of you like probably technical terms, egeiro. They say don't use Greek in your messages. I was told that many times, so uh, forget about that part, okay? But, uh, but uh, what that word means is used 161 times in scripture. 158 times it means raise up. It means get up. Three times it's used to wake somebody up with the purpose of them getting up. So the purpose of the word is always to get up. It's not to wake up. It's to get up. Now, that changes a little bit the meaning of the text. Because what the word is saying, what the word of God is saying, is that that knowing the time, that now it is high time to get up. Not to wake up. A lot of times I, I get invited to preach at camps or conferences and it's like, uh, awake, time to wake up. In Spanish, like they will say, despertar. And to the youth, hey, youth, it's time to wake up. And, you know, I look at a scripture, and God does not call us to wake up. Look at a scripture. There is no one text 
in the Bible where God calls us to wake up. There is several texts where he calls us to get up. And do you get the difference? I don't know how many of you have one of this, this little device. I'm guessing all of you. In America, Peru, I have to say some of you. Okay, here, all of you, I'm sure, have one of these of these devices, you know. I was given this phone a couple years ago. Somebody renewed their phone in the States and came to Peru and gave me this one. My wife thought that was the biggest mistake because it's a good phone and I don't take pictures. I don't do anything with it, but take phone calls and messages. And, you know, with this phone, I don't know who created that button that says snooze. <laughs> Whoever did that, it's a genius. <laughs> Praise God for that person. Okay. And, 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 you know, I set my alarm and it's, it's uh, it, you know, 5.30 a.m. Usually I get up and at 5.30 a.m. it goes off and I have to make a decision. The first decision of the day. Now, listen, I'm awake. I mean, I woke up. The alarm went off. I woke up. But I have to make a decision. Do I get up or do I snooze? Now, this is what I believe is happening in America. I try to stay in touch with what's happening in America. I believe that in America, lots of Christians, it's not that you're not awake. You're awake. You know how I know you're awake? Because you're here. Because you know God's word. You know more, more of God's word than most pastors in the mountains and in the jungles of Peru. So I know you're awake. I know that you know there's a great need in the world. But what's happening is that you hear God's word. And you walk out of those doors. Or maybe a week goes by. Or a few days. And you press this news button in your heart. Till next service. Till next conference. To love like God wants us to love. You don't need to wake up. You need to get up. God does not want believers that are awake. God wants believers that are standing for his cause. I pray you get that. I pray that church in Lima gets that. Because I believe that, like I said earlier, lots of people are, are awake, but not many are standing up for the cause of Christ. When I was a teenager, growing up in Lima, in Lima, I don't know if you guys have earthquakes here or not, uh, we have lots of earthquakes in Lima, okay? All the time, you get used to it, okay? Uh, sometimes you don't know if it's the bus that is going in front of the house or if it's uh, an earthquake, but things tremble all the time, Okay? And, uh, and uh, growing up in Lima, uh, I remember I was a teenager. I came back from school and um, got in, w- went to the second floor. My room was next to my parents' bedroom, and I'm, I'm there doing my business. And my mom came from shopping, long day of shopping uh, in Peru. She went out for hours, and like probably many of you didn't buy anything, just walked around for hours, uh, and uh, didn't get anything. But she came back, and she was like, hey, uh, Giorgio, I'm going to rest a little bit. I'm going to take a little nap. And I was like, okay, I was in my room. And I'm in my room, and then I... I, I, as soon as I felt that the earth was shaking, that things were shaking, I got out of my desk and I ran into my parents' bedroom and I was like, Mom! And she wasn't there. I was like, the rapture. No, no, I didn't think that. Okay. Uh, and I was like, Mom! And, and she wasn't there. And then I'm standing there and I hear a voice from outside, from the street. My mom shouting, Giorgio! She's standing on the street. Hijo, son, come out! So, like, I ran out, and I see her standing in the middle of the road, 
holding her puppy, her little dog. So she saved the dog, her son could have died, but that's all right. You know, God wants you on your feet. Don't wait for an earthquake to come to your life and shake you so hard that it's going to make you get up. But he is not happy with us knowing so much Bible truth. Laying in bed for his cause, not on our feet. The second thing that God wants us to do is get up. Get up for the cause of Christ. The Bible says, you see, it is high time to raise up. To awake out of sleep, it means here to raise up. Because Jesus is coming soon. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. Number three, it's just like every day in your life. You get up, you know, your alarm goes off. You decide if you're going to snooze or you're going to get up. And once you get up, I hope you don't go like that to the street, you know. Like when you get up and you are going to go and you're going to get ready. And getting ready means you're first going to take off your dirty clothes. That's what you got to do in your spiritual life too. Every day, you want to love the Lord. You want to love like He wants us to love. You have to get ready of that which is simple. You have to cast off darkness. Look at verse number 12. It says, The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. The third thing you have to do to love like God wants us to do is you have to cast off the works of darkness. You have to get ready of sin in your life. And a lot of times, Christians, we believe that that's going to be a one-time thing where we're going to go to a conference or we're going to hear a speaker, a preacher, and, and we're going to come up to the altar or like at your home, you're going to bow down and pray and be, God, you know, I'm done with this sin. And that's not the case. Casting off the works of darkness is a thing that you have to do every single day of your life. Because every single day of your life, you're going to be fighting against sin. And the day that you don't cast off the work of darkness, you start to smell. And sin starts to creep in. So please understand what I'm trying to say. You need to live a holy life. And that requires, it is your responsibility, like we said in Sunday school, it is your responsibility to cast off the work of darkness. I don't know if you are living with a sin in your life. I don't know... Uh, if there is something you're struggling with, but it is your responsibility to get rid of that sin in your life. Now you say, well, I've been praying for that sin a long time and I can't get rid of it. Well, you've been praying, but you haven't been doing what you're supposed to do. Because according to scripture, like we said on Sunday school, you have victory over sin by Christ dying on the cross for you. So you have victory over sin. Now it's your responsibility to overcome that sin. And if you are in bondage to sin, it's because you allow that sin to control you. Not because that sin has power over you. Remember that. Cast off darkness. Every day. Every day you change your dirty clothes. Every day you have to cast off sin from your life. The day that you think that you can walk around without asking God to help you with that sin that you struggle with. Because we all struggle with different types of sin. And the day that you think that you can walk around without asking God to please help you with that sin. And without you being disciplined to Step away from that sin in your life is the day that you're going to fall. Let's not say fall. Give in to sin. Cast off darkness. Verse number 12, it says, he continues saying, Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. So you get ready of the dirty clothes and then you're going to put on new clothes. 
And the Bible's telling you, what are you supposed to put on? You're supposed to put on the armor of light. Now, it is very interesting. Almost, almost ten, uh, a decade difference, Paul will write, the same writer of Romans, Paul is going to write the book of Ephesians. And in the book of Ephesians, in the last chapter, he's going to develop this concept of the armor of light. This is ten years later, almost. He's going to develop the concept of the armor of light. And when you look at that, at, at that armor that is described in the book of Ephesians, at the end, it will tell us that we have one weapon. One weapon we have. What is it? The sword. It's the word of God. So what the text is, is telling you in the book of Romans, taking as, as commentary the book of Ephesians, my students at the seminary and pastors ask me constantly all the time, what's the best commentary on scripture? Scripture. Honestly, it's scripture. Spend time on the book. Um, and, and, uh, and the text is saying, put on the armor of light, the armor of light, put on God's word. Put on God's word. Spend time in God's word. You know, as we read a scripture, I think sometimes in America, we're, um, and everywhere, everywhere in the world, we're reading the Bible. Some, some of us are committed to reading the Bible in a year, twice a year, three times a year, that's good. But meditate. On scripture? If actually you look at God's commands, it's always about meditating. Thinking about word, about what we're reading. Spend time in God's word. When was the last time that you had a, a date with God? You know, and we all have probably our devotionals. Well, actually, statistics say that only two out of ten believers do. But if you have a time with God faithfully uh, every day, sometimes we do it in the morning. I don't know how many of you do it in the morning. And uh, we do it in the morning and we, uh, you know, we get ready and then we set about 15, 20 minutes to spend time with God. And, and uh, we're going to read our Bibles. And uh, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when was the last time you had a date with God? Because those 15, 20 minutes, sometimes they can be so structured and you don't let God talk to you. It's like, God, you have to talk to me in 15, 20 minutes. I got to go. I got to go to work. So you hurry up. God, tell me something. And then you read your Bible, and this happens to people. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. And after 15, 20 minutes, you read your Bible, and you feel good because you read your Bible. Man, this day I'm going to have victory in my Christian life because I read my Bible. You have no idea what you read. You don't even know what God said. If I ask you two hours later, hey, so what did you read? I have no idea, but I read my Bible. When was the last time that you actually, hey, hey kids, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go to my room, spend some time with God. In a, unless it's an emergency, I'm going to be there, please, for, for a few hours. When was the last time you did that? You know, I, I love when I have those opportunities. And sometimes it's just going to be one verse and then praying for a long time. Sometimes it's going to be chapters. But when was the last time that you spent quality time with God? If you want to love like God wants you to love, if you want to understand what we talked in Sunday school, the mission of God, if you want to see God work through you, it's not just about getting up. It's not just about getting rid of sin in your life. It's about putting on the armor of light, putting on God's word in your life, spending time with God. The only way you're going to know what God wants you to do is spending time with God. You know, people ask pastors all the time, so pastor, so... What do you think is the will of God for my life? I don't know. How am I going to know God's will for your life? You don't know God's will for your life? Yeah. 
Spend time with God. Spend time with God, and God, in a personal relationship with you, will show you His will. But a lot of times, we don't know what to do next. And a lot of times, not always, but lots of times, it's because we are not spending time with God. I was talking to Pastor Ferguson yesterday, asking him advice about some things in ministry in Peru. And he said something that is true. He said, spend time with God. It's right. To know God's will, you have to spend time with God. Put on the armor of light. Verse number 13. It says, let us walk honestly as in the day. Not in rioting and drunkenness. Not in chambering and wantonness. Not in strife and envy. The verse says, let us walk. The fifth thing we got to do is we need to walk showing Christ to the world. You know, I remember a number of years ago, I think it's probably like seven years ago, it was like almost a year and a half after being in Peru, um, a pastor from Texas um, went to preach to the mountains of Peru, and on his way back, he wanted to meet with uh, Jen and I, and he called me, and he's like, hey, Giorgio, I have a long layover in Lima. It's going to be nine hours layover in Lima. I would like to take you and Jenna for a, for a, uh, uh, to a restaurant, to a nice restaurant, he said. So, so I was like, well, you don't have to do that. Uh, that's a polite thing to say, you know, but I was excited, okay? And, uh, and, he, said, uh, and he said, no, 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 I want to take you guys. But hey, I don't, want you, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want you guys to go to like one of those restaurants that you will normally go to. I want it to be something special. I don't want something special. So, so I, I didn't know what to do. I had only been there for a year and a half. So I started looking up the most expensive restaurants in Peru. That's what I, that's, that's what I typed in Google. Okay, most expensive restaurants in Lima. And, um, and, and I got reservations on one of them. I mean, he was paying. So I got reservations on one of them. And um, it's one of those restaurants that you have to go all dressed up, you know. Uh, and we got the reservations. Now, um, it's, we're supposed to leave the house, I, I remember, at 5.45 to be there on time, 5.45 p.m. to get to the restaurant on time. So one thing I love about going to camps is to see how different, in Peru at least, how different uh, the boys are than the girls. Uh, they're in Peru. I don't know if you do it here in the States. I haven't been to many camps in the States. Usually um, there's going to be a, a night for a banquet, like a banquet night. Now, camps in Peru are not like camps in the States usually. Okay, they are rough. They're like mud. They're like you're sleeping on the floor and they're like dirty and things like that. But that night, that night, the teenage, the teenage boys, they're going to put on like a nice shirt and tie and, and jacket. And, and, and the girls are going to be, you know, wearing their dress. And we're walking on mud up the hill sometimes. They're in the mountains and they're going to be wearing these huge hills. They walk in groups of two so they don't fall. They're like walking like a... <laughs> And I just love seeing them that night. But this is what happens. Let's say the banquet's going to be at 7 p.m. If the banquet's going to be at 7 p.m., around 4 p.m., it seems like it's a boys' camp. There's no girls. They're all getting ready. Okay, they're all getting ready. And, oh, this looks better on you. No, this looks better on me. Oh, take this. Okay. I'm guessing it's probably the same in the States. I don't know. Okay, I haven't done camp ministries here in the States. And the boys, the boys are completely different. Okay. If the banquet is at 7 p.m., about 6.30 p.m., one of them will be smart enough to say, okay, next goal wins. Uh, they're playing soccer. Next goal wins, okay? That, that's how it is. That's how it is. And they go, and, and there's only three showers. There's 50 kids. No, not all of them shower. Uh, and, and they will just use all the same cologne. 
uh, there you see who's a Baptist too, you know, because you get there and there's going to be a kid that goes, oh no, my shirt is wrinkled. And then the Baptist kid is going to come and be like, hey, 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 put your shirt, your tie, put your coat on. Nobody's going to notice. Okay. Uh, and, 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 and they get ready and then they go to the bank. Well, you know, that night, Jen and I, it wasn't that different. Okay. We had to leave at 545. So 515, I was, I was there uh, working in the office and then 515, huh, went and got ready. I was ready at 535, 540. I was ready to go. She had been getting ready for almost an hour. Okay, almost an hour. And, uh, and, and we're leaving. We open the door. We're closing it. We're locking it. And I get a phone call. And it was a pastor from Texas. So I take the phone call. And I had things in my head. I put it in a speakerphone. And he says, hey, Georgia, you know what? My flight's delayed from, from Arequipa, where she was coming from. And I'm not going to be able to make it on time. I'm so sorry, man. And we're not going to be able to go to dinner uh, maybe for next time. Well, I was there. I was like, okay. You know, and um, I walked in. And as soon as I walked in the house, I knew that I was in trouble. You know, he said, he said, no dinner. I was like, okay. So I walked in. I was taking my tie off. And I saw my wife. And my wife, my in-laws, they're American. She was born in France, but I think she's related to Napoleon somehow. <laughs> okay. I, I'm telling you, I, I saw her. I saw her. And as soon as I saw her, I knew something was wrong. So I said, eh, did you hear what he said? He said that there's no dinner. It got canceled. And uh, this is what she said to me. She said, I did not spend. One hour getting ready to stay at the house. So you better take me out somewhere. Well, the tie got scared and he, be, you know, made that again. I, I, I was there. I was, I was like, okay, we, we went somewhere. We went somewhere. I think we went to McDonald's actually. Uh, but uh, hey, McDonald's is special down there, okay? Um, and uh, this is what I'm trying to tell you. I hope you get this point. You don't spend Sunday after Sunday, Bible study after Bible study, devotion after the, no, getting ready with its word to stay within the four walls of a church. You're getting ready. Every time you hear God's word, you're getting ready to go out there. You need to walk in the world showing Christ. Number six, and we'll finish. Number 14, verse 14, it says, But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. I don't know if it's happened to you. I'm sure it's happened to you here in Michigan. It happens to me in Peru with 60, 70 degree weather that I will walk out and be like, oh, that's cold. And uh, I know, for me, that's cold, okay? And I'll have to go back in and get like a scarf or get a jacket. I don't know. Has that happened to you sometimes? Here in Michigan, that not with 60, 70, but with, other, with colder weather, and you go out and, oh, it's colder than I thought, and you go back and get a jacket. Well, this is what's happening. Put on the armor of, of, of light. Spend time in God's word. But you know what? Put on a jacket. And the jacket is the Lord Jesus Christ. What that means is spend time with Christ. Spend time with God. You want to overcome sin in your life? The only way is with Jesus. There's no other way. 
you want to serve him faithfully, you have to be faithful to Jesus. You want to see him work through you, you have to be committed to him. Spend time with him. That will protect you in your spiritual walk. Connecting this to Sunday school, those that were there. You want to see God work through you, through the church. I hear constantly preachers in the States saying, we need a revival. In the history of the United States, revival did not, never started with a community. It always started in a few people in their hearts, and that affected a church, and then maybe a community. You want to see revival? It's time for you, it's time for me to get up and do something for the cause of Christ. Because he deserves glory. God, I want to thank you for your word for challenging us and encouraging us to consider our ways, to be reminded that we need to love like you have loved us. Lord, I ask you for this church, that you will help them, guide them, guide the leadership, guide the church members, so that they will be a church that is not awake to the reality around us, but a church that is willing to get up for the cause of Christ. Lord, use them mightily. Show them what you can do through them. You have already been doing that for years. Continue to show that to them and to those that have not experienced your witness and show it to them, Lord. I ask you that you will help them to love like you want us to love and that you will help them to be a church that is standing for your cause. This I pray, asking you for help in my life in the church in Lima too. In Jesus' name, amen.